Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. I wanted to start today, and I'm really excited. One of my favorite guys in all the world is sitting next to me right now. This is JP. JP is, yeah, JP is my friend, and he is my son, and he is one of the best workers and helpers in my life that I know, and I love him, and I'm proud of him. But last night, um, last night, two nights ago, I guess, my wife came home from work. She's a nurse, and she had the flu. She has the flu. And last night, y'all, I started feeling like super bad. And I was like, oh, I got the flu. And it's Saturday night. This is awesome. And um, I was laying on the couch because I've been sleeping out. She has been out for like two days. I've been having the kids. I've been cleaning the house. And I'm laying on the couch, y'all. And like the thing comes back to my mind about last week. I said, uh, I talked about Psalm, I think it's 103, you, you heal all our diseases. And I was like, that's true or it's not. It's true. Let God be true and every man a liar, including me. So God, your word is your word. Heal me. I said, come. And I prayed until I felt good. But not just good. I prayed until God's, I felt God's presence. Like I started tearing up because I felt like God gave me a hug. I felt like Jesus stepped in the room and he hugged me on the couch. And I got tear, I teared up because I was like, thanks for the hug, man. Like I physically felt a hug and I got messed up y'all. And I, I mean, I'm like enjoying time with the Lord and I felt good instantly. And I just experienced like in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. I, I know me and uh, Adam talked about this. I know maybe you heard that in the presence of the Lord is, is deep, heavy conviction. And yeah, that can be true, but absolutely in his presence as well is the lift of God's joy. And they both are coupled. And so if you're experiencing only one and not the other, I pray that you have that encounter today where he takes you in the fullest place of joy. But what made it even more joyful was this morning, the first thing JP did when he came out and he said, Dad, I got it. I had a, what'd you, what did you have? Would you, do what? Oh, I got You had a dream, right? Yeah. You said, you said, I had a dream. And who, who, who showed up in your dream? Yeah. <laughs> Remember, there was a, you said, you said a bad guy came into your room, didn't he? You said a bad guy came into your room. Was the, how big was the bad guy? Was he big or small? Small. He was small. Was he scary? No. No. Who else showed up in your, in your dream? Jesus. Jesus came into your dream. What did Jesus do? Open the window. He opened the window. And then what did he do? He sent the... Did he send him out? No. No? What happened? The, the bad guy went out the window? And then, yeah, and then he shut it. And then he shut the window. So the bad guy went out the window and into the woods, you said, with the deers, right? Yep. And then Jesus shut the window? Did he? And what happened after that? Washed it. He what? Washed it. You washed it? Locked it. Oh, he locked it. Yeah, thank you, Catherine. <laughs> I need Shannon in there. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> locked it. He locked that window so that bad guy could never come back in that window, right? 
And how big was Jesus? Was he big or small? He was big, and he helped you. And then you told me, what does he help everybody? Jesus helps everybody? Jesus helps everybody. And I thought, what a unique encounter. I get a hug from Jesus. And that night, the next morning, my son walks out and he goes, I had a dream of Jesus. I want to tell you, we were made for lives like this. I'm not, I'm not special. I'm not. But I believe the word. I believe the king. And I want to tell you, the king is alive and well, and he's showing up. And he wants to show up in your life, too, if you'll let him. So before we start, would you let Jesus show up? Because I believe he's here, and he wants to meet you in the most intimate and direct way, probably far more than we could ever think or imagine, and even maybe have ever expected. Would you ask him to meet you in profound and unexpected ways? Just like my buddy JP. I'm proud of you, dude. Thanks for sharing, man. Way to go. Come on, can we give JP a clap now? JP, come on, man. Woo! Good job, dude. Father, thank you so much that you're so faithful. Thank you for my buddy JP. Thank you for the dream you gave him. Thanks for showing up and kicking out the bad guys out the window and locking it up. Thank you that you want to do that in this room, God. I pray for the freedom and the grace uh, that we would allow that to actually take place, allow you to step in and do what you've always wanted. May we not hold windows open that need to be shut. And might we shut no window that needs to be open. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm really excited about today. As you can tell, I think God wants to do some incredible things today. And I think he's brought some very unique people in the room, you included, to be a part of a very unique day. Vision of Midtown, I, wanna, I don't speak this often and probably should more, but we believe that we are a part of a kingdom movement growing together by loving God and loving the world. We're a part of it, a piece of it. The name Midtown literally doesn't mean a thing. The kingdom of God is everything. And the kingdom of God, we've often slapped names on it. That's, that's fine and dandy. doesn't matter. We're a part of one. And God's move is happening all over the world. And our team, if you were here last week, you heard from them going to the persecuted church in Armenia and sitting with a lot of those families who have literally lost everything and yet are abandoned in the presence of God, experiencing the favor of God. And man, it's really incited something in our, on our staff and within our team to say, guys, I believe that the day is nearer and nearer. I believe we're closer than we were last week. We can all agree on that. But I believe today is the day where we decide to really leverage everything we have to see the kingdom advance and to say, hey, I'm all in. I'm all in. <laughs> Goodbye, Lester. <laughs> Dad mode. Man, respect. But I, I really believe, y'all, as our church continues to grow and move, and that's not just a pithy statement, it's something that we really want to put action to. I believe coming to the crossroad of a place called Midtown to say, man, we, we, should, we should go all in. We should leverage everything Midtown has to see our people equipped and to grow, and to watch families continue to thrive and flourish. And uh, if, if you are 
have been sitting here for any amount of time, I just want to encourage you to do business with the Lord and discern and ask questions. Has the Lord called you into something very specific? What will be your yes in the next days? And I think our, our vital yes together is very important. And as here, listen to this, as we give a collective yes together, that movement begins to mount into something like not just a little ripple, but begins to grow a, a giant and bigger wave. And so I encourage you in this season, would you just contemplate, maybe God, what would you have my yes be? What does it look like to leverage my life? Because he didn't call you to 10%, he called us to life. Old Testament law said we can start with 10% and a bunch of people preach tithe. You'll never hear me preach a tithe because it's everything we are. I died with Christ and I raised. Now everything I have is his, not 10%. Everything. My house is his. My cars are his. My family is his. And, and listen, my time is his. Not a piece of my time, every bit of my time. And, and I pray that we lead forward together saying, y'all, yes is my everything. I got nothing. And he says, if you want to discover what real life is, you let go of your life and you will find real life. You'll find everything life was made for. But when you let go of the things you think is going to give you life, he wants to put it right in your hand. And so, y'all, I just want to give a big yes and go, hey, here's everything. Not just 10, it's all. And so prayerfully, I would ask that you would join us in this prayer. I believe we need to add to our team. And so would you pray for wisdom as we consider uh, a couple families that may be a part of, of that move? And then I believe sitting in these seats are other people who are gonna give full yeses to see God do incredible things, not just in this building, but in neighborhoods and all the way around the world. Turn with me to Luke 8. And I'm going to start in Luke 8. I'm going to read verse 1, and I'm going to bounce into 1 John. And then I'm going to go to the end of chapter 8. It's all going to make sense, but we got to do, we got to go. We got to go fast. Because here's what I'm going to ask us to do in the room. I'm going to ask every one of us to move in some way. Would you ask the Lord to help you move in the way that he's telling you to move? Okay, and we're all gonna move together. As I was looking for context in the story that I wanted to share, I came across the first verse of chapter eight and it says, soon afterward, he, meaning Jesus, went on through cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him. Something stuck out to me so loudly in this, in this part because there's two very important words. It says that he was proclaiming and bringing. The KJV says, shooing glad tidings. Paul says something interesting in 1 Corinthians 2, 4. He says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. What he's saying is, I didn't go, Jesus came showing up. Yeah, he's going to speak the message of the kingdom, but he's going to embody the kingdom in such a way that literally it manifests the power of God. He's going to show them. It's going to be revealed through action. It's not just word, it's power. And people on look and go, that's out of this world. Truth. My prayer is, and what we need to understand is, 
This isn't as far-fetched and crazy as we might think. It isn't crazy. People come to me and say, man, isn't that crazy? No, it's not. It's the normal life we were made for. No shame in that, of course, but like, hey, like we were made for this life. You were, I don't want to say, you were made for this life. You were made for this life. Don't believe anything else. You were made for it. But have you ever worked a job and the rules weren't quite clear? Have you ever showed up on the job and been a part of a team where somebody was like, well, I'm not sure that that's my job. Am I okay to do that? You know, anybody you resonate in any situation? Maybe it's not a job, maybe it's something else. Like you showed up and like, well, that's not my job. Do I really have the authority to make that call? Anybody? Ever been on a team like that? Let's just, just yeah, we've all been. I, I feel like a lot of times when I speak something like that, I think that's a lot of times the kingdom of God. I think we're not quite aware of what we're allowed to step into. Am I okay to say this? Can I pray that way? Can I do this? Can I step in confidence? Is God really going to show up? I don't know. That's why I believe that we're a kingdom movement growing together, like it's a journey. And if you're not there yet, and what I'm saying is like, this guy is nuts. And he's about to bring out the snakes in the back, you know? I'm not going to bring out the snakes. That's next. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. No, but would you go on a journey of discovering the more that Jesus is talking about? That's all I want to invite us into. I want to go on a journey together of discovering because I want you to know I'm sitting up here with my son, but I'm as blown away as anybody because what are the odds that I feel like Jesus gives me a hug and my son wakes up, dad, I had a dream. Jesus walked in my room. My son's never said that. In fact, he usually comes in and be like, dad, the monsters were after me again last night, you know? Yo, Jesus showed up, kicked him out the window, ran into the woods. Then he locked the the window. I'm like, yeah, he did. (laughs) Come on. That's Jesus that we serve, man. That's the Jesus that wants to be that kind of intimate with you in your life. But I think we're so sure of what we've experienced before. We're so sure of what's happened to us before. We're so sure of ourselves. And we read that word and we go, yeah, but. But listen to this. The word says, let God be true and every man a liar. Even my deepest feelings, when they feel so true, my experience tells me one thing. That word says another. I want to tell you it can be another way. There is another way. Would you doubt your doubts? 1 John 3 helps us understand a little bit about maybe being confident in what we talk about. It says, dear children, I want to encourage you with this. Let's not merely say that we love each other. That means let's not just talk. Let's show the truth by our actions. Let's embody the message. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Listen to this. But even if we feel guilty, some of us deal with guilty feelings, God is greater than our feelings. It means our feelings will lie to us. 
God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. He knows it all. And it's so easy for us to get, you ever get just narrow-minded and you see one aspect of your life and you're so hacked off the one thing that you never saw the 20,000 things in the past? You know what I mean? You get it, like, I get it. And he's like, he sees everything. Would you consider that maybe you don't see everything today? Lord, help us to see more. Dear friends, listen to this. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. So what helps our confidence? Here's what in the past of my life, and I want to caveat this. A lot of my Christian life has been, I've been hacked off because I couldn't stop doing some things. And my Christian life was boiled down to not doing so many things that I needed to seclude myself into my room and do nothing. Anybody know what I mean? I got to stop a lot. I got to stop my life. But I never really focused on what he had called me into doing. And I lived so frustrated and not confident because I felt like I needed to stop everything and I couldn't stop living. And I'm like, I'm just screwing up every step of the way. Does that resonate with anybody in the room? Thank you, brother. <laughs> Let's see what he says to us. But what has he commanded us into? Like, what has he invited us into? If we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence and we will, listen to this, and we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that pleases him. Confidence builds in the movement, the action, the experience with him. Do you want your confidence to grow? Maybe you do need to stop some things, but I promise you, if you start doing some, th some things, you'll naturally stop doing some things. And a lot of times I never replace the doing with the not doing. I just need to stop and then I'll be confident. Step into what God has for you. What has he called us into? Listen to this. This is his command, meant. This is his commandment. Do you want to know? We must believe in the name of the son, Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus. <gasps> that, that'll do it. Start there. Start there. Believe in Jesus. What did Jesus do for you? He died for you. But he didn't just die to forgive you. He died to give you a grace, to call you into something. What is the next step? Believe in Jesus. And listen, and love one another. Move outward. My receiving of Jesus naturally will move to, uh, is, is naturally a giving of love to others around me. Two things he commanded us. Just as he commanded us, Believe in Jesus and love other people. This is what he's commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave, he, he gave us lives in us. Sometimes we forget what really pleases God. Would you believe in Jesus more than believing in yourself? Would you believe in Jesus more than believing in yourself? Today, would you believe in Jesus? Believe in Jesus and what he did for you. Believe in Jesus. And two, would you begin to give away the love, the free love that he's given to you to somebody else in your life and then watch what God does. Watch your confidence grow. 
There's two groups of people here today, I believe. I believe it's those of us in this season that you're feeling very confident in the Lord. You've seen deliverance. You've seen healing. You've seen salvation in some aspect. God has shown up, and he's done something just so powerful and wonderful in your life. That's a wonderful place to be. And then there's those of us in the room that we've come in here, and we're hoping that something happens to get us through next week, and then I'll see you next week, you know? And I want you to know I've sat in both groups. I understand. And I want to tell you, this is the safest spot to be in either one of those groups. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Whatever group you're in today, I want to ask that you would consider moving with me today. I want to ask that you would step into maybe a place of faith you've never gone. And here's what's going to happen. The king is going to show up in and through our lives as we say yes to him. This is his word, not mine. Let's go with him and see what he wants to do. What do we do? What do we do? Let's go down to Luke 8, and I want to read a story to you that I believe helps us understand what we're going to do today. Starting in verse 40, I want to read 10 verses. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, however you say that, who was a ruler of the synagogue. He was a very important guy. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an older, an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all of her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She had tried everything. Nothing was working. Some of us in the room experienced that. She came up behind him, touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately the discharge of her blood ceased. And Jesus says, who was it that touched me? Picture this. You're walking down a street, massive crowds. Like you've been, you know, the Neyland Stadium UT games. You're walking down that main road and the crowds are pushed in on all sides, you know? Everybody's bumping into you. And Jesus stops and says, who touched me? What would you say? Who was it that touched me? But when all denied it, which is interesting as well, they're like, I didn't, I don't know. Like, then it wasn't me. Peter said, master, the crowd surrounds you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. For I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she, had, she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, listen to this, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came your daughter is dead. Do not trouble this teacher anymore. But listen to this. But Jesus, on hearing this answer, said again, this is theme in this passage, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Only believe. What you see with your eyes, let it pay you no mind. Believe me. And she will be well. 
That's challenging. Jesus' words challenge me, y'all. And I want them to challenge us as a church. I, wanna, I just believe he's got so much for us. But one of the misconceptions of faith, I believe, and that holds us back from stepping forward is like the, the disappointment that I actually have fear in my life. And I, I, I pray you know, I mean, people come to me often and they're like, well, Jay, I mean, easy for you to say, you don't experience this blank. And I'm like, I just want to tell you, like, I'm terrified every week I, before I walk up the steps, you know? My heart's pounding. I work through stomach problems, you know? I mean, like, I work through all of the stuff, the insecurities that I have on myself, you know? It's, it's not easy. But I want to tell you today that faith is not the absence of fear. And if you were looking for fear to subside before you take a step of faith, you probably will be waiting a minute to take the step. That woman was terrified in a way that she didn't want anybody to see. If I could just touch him, I could be healed, but I want nobody to know this. And she risked doing something pretty risky in that day because women should not have done that. And she broke some of the rules because she believed that this was absolutely her moment to move in faith. And even after he calls her out, she's horrified. But listen, faith moves in the face of fear. I believe it's why the early church in Acts prays for boldness. Why would the church need to pray for boldness? Because they were facing death. And if we are like, man, like the early church wasn't dealing with my issues. They weren't feeling my emotions. They were looking death in the face and they were like, well, God, give us boldness to go out there anyway because man, we're a little bit afraid. And if you feel afraid because of what you believe God has called you into, I want to tell you, you're not broken and you're not messed up. You're just, a, you're human. But I promise you, as we help each other say yes down this journey, we're going to see God do incredible things in the face of fear. Because I believe JP brought a very prophetic word. Those things that we fear most are very small in comparison to our king. He said something very powerful when he said, that bad guy was tiny. But I promise you, if Jesus does not enter the room, perspective shifts and that bad guy gets a lot bigger. But because he saw Jesus as giant, that bad guy was small. Some of us aren't seeing Jesus. We're seeing the bad guys in our life and they're giant. Jesus is the authority above all. And he is willing to meet you right where you are and silence all the bad guys. The third thing I want to say is faith draws on the power of God. Faith draws on the power of God. Jesus says, I perceive power has left, come out of me. Her faith made her well, but her faith was the word that I want to focus in on is two words, the word touched and pressed. Those two words jumped out at me when I was studying this. People are pressed in. And I believe some of us in this room have been pressed into this room today. You're like, I didn't really want to be here, but my wife brought me, you know, and I'm here, <laughs> but I've got pressed here. <laughs> Pressure. Anybody? Yeah. Guys are like, no, I'm, I want to be here. Yeah. I know, I get it. Some of us have been pressed here. But check it out. Some, some of us 
in the weeks past and this week, I believe, are going to touch. The word touch is to grasp with a purpose. I wasn't just pressed here. I'm reaching to grab hold of something. And when this lady reaches and grabs hold of Jesus, everybody that was pressed in takes note and sees what happens. And the following chapters actually say that then the people brought their kids to touch Jesus with a purpose. Touch that guy. Your life's going to be blessed. Because this lady's faith to touch Jesus and the story that came from her life, everybody that was pressed around goes and gets somebody to touch Jesus. Come on. <laughs> I want to touch Jesus today. I want to lay hold of Jesus, man. And I want the life of Jesus, not just to be something to talk about, but to be modeled and actually expressed and revealed and seen. Guys, this is the life we were made for. This isn't crazy life. This is normal life. This is kingdom life. This is Jesus' life. The kingdom is here. Nothing can stop it. The only thing that holds us back is our own selves, our fear and doubt. We say he is not who he says he is. And so we continue to live and experience the same old life. But Jesus is willing to show up. I want to ask Danielle. Danielle, come. And uh, then we're going to move right after this. We got just a couple minutes. It's going to be awesome. Let's go. Danielle, you had an experience where God met you in a very powerful way through somebody who moved in kind of what we were talking about, just moved in faith. And then it caused you to then go, I would love for you to tell your story. Yeah. So last week I shared how there was a two prayer warriors who um, had a verse and um, a vision um, that kind of spoke it over TC and I and, and Jake as well for our trip to Central Asia. And it really helped me because um, what she said kind of, it was like a cure to the anxiety of whether or not I should go, if I should be there. But what happened is probably a day or two after we got there, that anxiety, there were some things that happened um, that caused just so much anxiety in me. And I was just like this ball of stress and anxiety. And... Um, just not doing well mentally, you know? And so, um, and the straw that really broke the camel's back was, um, I think it was the Sunday night, um, the first Sunday night we were there in Central Asia. Um, I was, we were at dinner and I was speaking, we were at a table and I was speaking to some people across from me and TC was on, my husband was on one side and um, another lady who serves in the church was on the other side. And um, <clears throat> they were kind of talking behind me because I was in another conversation, you know what I mean? Like we were sitting. And so I could hear what they were saying a little bit, but because I was in a conversation, I couldn't hear anything. So I kind of, re- I was hearing like parts and bits of their conversation. And so I heard her ask some questions and I heard her ask how long we've been married. And TC said 15 years. And she asked if we had kids. And I said, or he said, I assume no, because that's the truth. And, um, but I couldn't really hear. And um, they talked for a while. And then I heard her say, we'll pray for her. And so we got, um, that night we got back into our room and I said, what were you talking about um, with Ella? And he said, you know, she was just asking about the life and stuff. And I said, why did she say she would pray for me? And um, he was like, she just offered to pray for you. And I said, I don't need prayer. Like, you know, like, I don't, what does she need to pray for us for? And, um, and so there was, <laughs> it was like this actual, like verbal sentence that actually portrayed my heart, which was, I was very bitter um, 
about a lot of things, especially an expectation on me. So I thought in my head, I felt as if she was saying, I have an expectation for you in your life, so I'm going to pray for you so you meet that expectation. And um, TC, it was so kind, but I was so mad when he said it. But he was like, you're wrong. Like, you need to repent. She loves you, and she wants to pray for you. That's it. And so um, TC and I started talking about it and kind of just like where the root of that was coming, and we started praying. And as we were praying for a long time, TC said, where do you think like just that feeling of like, I don't need prayer. Like, I don't need to be vulnerable in my life. Where do you think that's coming from? And I prayed and I was just really talking to the Lord about it. And both of us at the same time um, got the word control. And it was a sense that I was trying to control my life. And so I didn't want someone to pray something over me that I did not want. Um, And so it was like something inside of me broke in that moment um, because I had a choice and it was either to continue that control, which perpetuated the anxiety that was causing me to be a ball of stress. And um, like I said, just not in a very good place or I could surrender. And in that moment, I really thought to myself, you know, like I, I can't help but to surrender. And so what ended up happening is TC prayed over me And um, the next morning I woke up honestly freer than I've ever been, no anxiety, but it was because I knew I wasn't in control. Control's an illusion anyways, but I had accepted that because I had surrendered it. And what happened was TC had said that night, he said, there's somebody going to come pray to you about this and I need you to be honest with them. And I was like, okay. And so, and that happened just a few days later. But what was so kind of the Lord is that he then began to give me opportunities to pray over people. Um, He gave me opportunities to pray over a woman who had had crippling anxiety. We talked about it last week. Hadn't left her apartment in four years. And so Jesus comes, meets me, walks me literally in freedom and then just gives me an opportunity to pray that same freedom. Um, There was another lady who, Um, somebody literally just came and found me in a crowd of, I don't know how many people and said, will you pray over her? She had a back issue and when we were finished praying, her back was fine. Um, And so it was, but what the thing was, is like, all I did was surrender. There's, there is nothing within me that could manufacture the fact that I could cure my anxiety because I'd tried, but it was Jesus and it was my surrender. And then he literally healed it from me. Um, And then he allowed me to share that and step in. So. I literally was sitting with Danielle and I'm like, what happened to you? I was a different human. Like, she's wonderful. She's sitting in my house. I'm like, something happened to you. You are, you are different. Something's different. She tells me the story. I'm like, wow, because I'm studying this story. And I think a lot of times, here's what doesn't happen. Many of us have connected to Jesus and we were never called out to say, who touched me? Never get the opportunity to give it away. Very important step to give away what Jesus has done for you. And I want you, if you have had that encounter where Jesus set you free, I want, I want to give you the opportunity. Would you take a, another different step today? Would you, would you come and then speak that? I'm not asking for five minutes, five seconds. What did he heal you from? How did he bring salvation in your life? What is the very specific thing where Jesus met you? If he has met you there and right now in this moment, you're like, I am very, very confident in what he has done and what he did. I would love to give you the opportunity. Who touched him? Who touched him? Would you come now 
And I would love for you to stand here and I want you to share in five seconds, just a word, one word, one sentence. This is what he did. Would you come? If that's you, I would love for you to come. I don't care if there's five or 50, I don't care. Come, all of us at once. We're gonna line up. Come on. If he t- you touched him. Anybody else? Let's move in the face of fear. I'm gonna sit there. Let's move. Let's move. You look fear right in the face and we take steps. Let's move. Come on. Anybody else? Awesome. Come on. Anybody else? What do you do, man? Uh, basically took the desire of alcoholism away from me awesome. um, and gave me a calling. Come on. Well, he, uh, he yielded me, and then he made me believe. He gave me belief. That's took awesome. away every anxiety, every, everything, and awesome. left me who I am now. Love you, man. So some of y'all know what happened to me last year. Um, talked to Jay about it a lot, but uh, life for me, that's the word that's been on my heart. Um, yeah. Love it, Thanks. He reminded me that I'm the daughter of the king. So any unfair, unfairness that I felt I was being treated at work and it was causing anxiety and loss of sleep and just hating my job. And and he just reminded me that I'm his daughter and I know who I am and he knows who I am regardless of how anybody else is treating me. Thank you. Um, God freed me from judgment and shame. Um, God healed my body and allowed me and my husband here to have kids, which is awesome. And he's given me such a heart for women and a heart for especially women who struggle with that and has just like really put it on my heart, not just to pray for women and lay hands on them, but like seek his nature and what he's given us in nature to help heal bodies. So. The main, the main thing would be love. Uh, experience love in a way that I've never had before. And then also uh, new life. Stay, 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 stay. If you're sitting here and what they spoke, somebody spoke something that resonated with you here. You said, I'm where you were. Would you move in the face of fear and say, I'm going to touch Jesus? Would you come to that person and would you guys pray over the person that comes? If no one comes to you, don't worry about it. Surround the people that come, okay? Can I pray for us before we do this? Father, I pray that that feeling of move only intensifies. It doesn't even get settled down at all. Father, I pray that you would move us to grab hold and to touch you today. Thanks for reaching down. Thanks for being so close. Move us now.
in Jesus' name. And order our prayers, Holy Spirit, thank you. If that's you, you say, what you said resonated with me and I just need prayer. It doesn't mean you're broken, it means you're stepping. Would you move? If that's you, did somebody up here speak and resonate with you? Move right now, let's go. Don't wait at all, let's go. through a process like this and if maybe you're sitting there and nothing's in your mind you're like I don't I'm fine I want to invite you into something unique would you say Holy Spirit is there anything that I need freedom from in my life is there any touch that I need in my life would you show that to me would you speak that to me right now Pray that, and whatever comes into your mind, as crazy as it might be, it might not even be in your awareness, but he wants to reveal it in your spirit. So he wants to bring another level of freedom in this room today and a freedom to your life, a moving in your life, a confidence in your life, an expectation in your life. And I believe he wants to do that here in this room. If you're right there and nothing's in your mind, but you're like, man, I'm willing to say, I'm gonna step in faith and prayer. Would you say, Holy Spirit, Show me, do I need a touch today? And then what he speaks to you, it's not, it's not even, don't second guess it, it's the first thought, it's very quick actually. Move in response to the very quick thing that he speaks to you and then watch God show up there. If he spoke to you, I would ask you to move. Just move, look fear right in the face and move. If you've never moved, move and watch what he does. God, give us the grace to move today. like you walk down the road and you brought healing to people's lives that never even asked for it. God, I pray that you would bring healing in this room in ways that we never asked for. In ways that we don't even know and aren't aware. Father, I'm thankful that we can trust you like that. You're that kind of God. You're that kind of good. Thanks for loving us and calling us in this room today. Thanks for lifting us up. And I pray that you would raise heads today that you would lift countenance, that you would erase the burden, that you would breathe life into maybe dry bones that feel dry and dead. And God, you would awaken us to our calling and our hope, which is just you. Thanks for all you're doing. Just a joy to do it with you. Thanks. Pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen.